0: on today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: I always believe no matter what the business is, you should not only be passionate about it, but you should also eat your own dog food, so to speak. That's and, right. Uh, and no disrespect to my dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do a lot of printing every single day. We don't provide the services ourselves. That's, our, that's where our customers make their money. We just make sure that their equipment works for them day in and day out.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, we've got Paul Barron on the King stage. Paul, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Chaz. Nice to be here with you and your audience. I appreciate you being here. We were just talking. You're in Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm in Kansas City. You've got customers where I'm at. I've got friends where you're at. It's like we know each other already. It's like (laughs) we went to different
1: high schools together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Different and together. You know, Paul, I'm excited to have your long history of business here telling us all the cool things that you've done here today. What, What business are you in now?
1: Well, now that you've just aged me, yes, yes, I I am 70 years old. So I've, I've been around the turnpike, so to speak, for a good number of years, several dozen businesses that I've either founded, helped scale, grow, and manage myself. Currently, I have a business called The Wall Printer. We manufacture and distribute wall and floor printing machines, which are like your desktop printer on steroids. And they're designed to print digital artwork onto any wall, indoors, outdoors, any substrate, any surface at all, wallboard, metal, wood, glass, tile, whatever. And what we do is we put people in businesses locally in their areas throughout North and South America who want to deliver wall art to residences, businesses, restaurants, schools, hospitals event spaces, whatever, and they create their business locally. It's, we're not a franchise system at all, um, but we do provide exclusive territories because it is relatively new technology
0: yeah. um,
1: that delivers wall art. If this is going to be video to your audience, that's a wall printing behind me in my office on cinder block, which is done with one of our machines. So it's uh, that's five feet by eight feet. There's no limit to the size of an image that can be printed with the machines. So it's a, it's a really cool machine that I discovered several years ago and decided to invest in the factory and the um, inks that are required to run and manage these machines day in and yeah. day out. Wow. And uh, that's what we're doing. Wow. A lot to,
0: to take in there. I think it's, it's incredible, especially with you having a, a great example right behind you. It looks like you're sitting right there and you got the the mountains and the water right behind you. That's pretty incredible.
1: Well, we I always believe no matter what the business is, you should... Not only be passionate about it, but you should also eat your own dog food, so to speak.
0: That's and, right. Uh,
1: and no disrespect to my dogs, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we we do a lot of printing every single day. We don't provide the services ourselves. That's our that's where our customers make their money. We just make sure that their equipment works for them day in and day out. That's our yeah. business.
0: I love it. Okay, very good. Well, my my first question is always the same. After after all these years, as you said, dozens of businesses you know a couple of uh, exits and and foundings and scalings and all this business terminology why are you still doing it what's
1: what what what's the driving factor here you sound like my wife uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last the last time when i the last time that i retired of several times that i have i've i've been fortunate over the years most of the time, I was working as a hired gun for companies, meaning that I was a commission salesperson or business development executive, helping customers, uh, helping companies find their customers, high value relationships, vendors, strategic partners, helping those customers either get sales or scale their businesses and position themselves for strategic partnerships or exits. And I, and I, fell into something quite a while ago, decades ago, with foreign companies helping them find their American audiences. And so okay. I developed a I developed a, a decent reputation in doing that. And I've represented a Russian company marketing their audio and video and navigation system technologies here to the US equipment manufacturers, a baby bottle manufacturer from Austria a self-service dog wash system from Australia, a Chinese headband headphone company, and all of these products that were kind of cool and innovative. But again, as I mentioned, it was as a hired gun, commissioned salesperson. I did very well. Several times I would see a product and I would say, That's really cool. I wish I owned it. I didn't just represent it. And so I'm always on the lookout for things. And I have had my own businesses, everything from restaurants to sporting goods stores to consumer packaged good companies and other ventures. But I always like to have equity stake in something. And so as I mentioned, about three, four years ago, I kind of Hung up my shingle, decided to play tennis and swim, which are my two sports, and uh, and just do that on a regular basis. But then I'm always searching and I'm always looking at things, as we all are actually, you know, going Uh online with the benefits of Google searches and everything else that comes into our inboxes. So, So about three or four years ago, I was actually approached again by a foreign company, a German company who had a vertical printing machine, which is the generic name for this industry I'm in now. And they asked me to represent them in the United States and help them scale. And I never saw anything like the product before, which I also find unusual because I fancy myself to be a pretty run-of-the-mill consumer that most things, you know, I've seen before or have somehow crossed my, my desk. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> this is something I'd never seen, a vertical printing machine, something that prints like an inkjet printer, artwork onto walls. And so I was intrigued by it, could not make the deal with them because they wanted me to be a commissioned salesperson. And I I, I was now past all that. And and so I, I said, no, if there was no opportunity to buy into the company, I had no interest. But when I hung up the phone after Zoom, Skype calls with them trying to work out a deal, I said said to my wife, hey, come take a look at this. Now, normally, when I say to Maureen, my wife, come take a look at this from my home office, rather (laughs) than come and see what I'm looking at, she cuts up my credit cards and hides the bank account. Because she, she says, here we go again. Paul's going to invest in something crazy. And, but this time she took a look and she said, wow, that's really cool. Never seen anything like it. And so I started pursuing it into trying to do my due diligence. Same thing we encourage our customers today to do, to find out more about this, because most people have never seen this. And because the technology is not new, it was invented about 12, 13 years ago in Southeast Asia by a Chinese company. Actually, the company that I bought into now, because I found out that there were only a handful of these companies worldwide that did these types of machines. There was the German company that approached me originally that has a very nice high quality product and no disrespect to anybody in your audience or yourself who might have German heritage. I drive a BMW. I cook with Henkel knives. <laughs> I, I, I value a well-engineered product, but just yeah. because something says made in Germany or made in Switzerland doesn't necessarily mean it should cost twice as much as something of comparable value. And in this case, it turned out that the German product that had approached me originally did not have the features that the Chinese company that invented the technology provided in its solution. And then there was an Indian company that had a nice home hobby solution, but it wasn't a commercial quality product for day in and day out use that somebody could use to make a business out of it. There was an Australian company that was a venture-backed company that really had no product. They were in the prototype stage. And then there was another Chinese company. The Chinese don't only, don't only copy us. They copy themselves when they see something valuable or something that people want. And so there was a laser engraving company that copied the uh, company that I represent now. And okay. uh, and so, but they have no engineering and no growth path to it. And none of these companies were in the Western Hemisphere. They're all confined. Right. And I learned that that's because these machines do require parts, supplies, supports, training, sure. everything we'll that a customer would normally want in a commercial product. I don't care whether it's an oven or refrigerator or a car or a wall painting machine. You want to be able to know that you can have this service and know how to use it. And right. so I made the commitment to do that. I invested very heavily in the company. I actually co-owned three patents with the Chinese manufacturer, which is very unusual for an American company to actually co-own patents with a Chinese company. But it speaks to the relationship I have with them, which is now about three to four years old. We've scaled our company to starting out now I will backtrack a minute. I'm not always the smartest kid in the block. I, I found this all in 2019 when I decided to invest in it and create a business around it. It was 2019 in November. I made a large investment and purchased a bunch of machines. and created my business here in Wilmington, North Carolina, the wall printer or wall printing USA as we're called. And mm-hmm. I got my first shipment of machines. And then, as we all know, in November, that was November of 2019. And in January of 2020, basically, the world stopped because of COVID. And so here I was with a product that nobody's ever seen, nobody's ever heard about. And, and I've got lots of them. And I've got nobody who knows what they're doing. And we can't go to people's homes and the trade shows had stopped. And everything else have, in the world in business have basically been put on hold. Yeah. And so, but I was all in and I was committed. And when I do get committed to something, I stick with it and to see what, it, what, what I can do with it. Because I, I do have a level of confidence that um, for the reason that I went into it originally, that somebody, yeah, else, would, somebody else might find this interesting as well right. as I did. So right. I spent the first 10 months of 2020 while nobody was doing anything except working remotely and figuring out what do they want to do with their lives to take advantage of that situation again, no disrespect to the, the lives lost and continue to be lost because of this pandemic—a tragedy, by you know, in no uncertain terms. But for me, it turned out to be a time when I, I committed to this business. I committed to making people aware of what it was. I used social media to start finding out. Who might our customers be? Who might want this? Who does it resonate with? Learning how people make money doing it by not only researching the 500 or so wall printers that existed in Southeast Asia, Europe, and the Middle East before I came onto the map, but uh, did all this homework. And I built a team when people were laying people off because of COVID. I was adding headcount, my technical support team, my marketing team, my sales team, and creating the business. And so knowing or hoping that the world would lighten up one day soon. And Uh sure enough, around August of 2020, after exposing what wall printing is to about, oh, two to three million people, which is only the tip of the iceberg, you know, the US has 300 million people, but our social media efforts got about 3 million exposures. But that was enough for us to get the feedback we wanted on, is this of interest to people? And sure enough, we started selling territories, exclusive territories and printers to people. And now fast forward to today, we have 100 businesses we put into place in about 80 in the United States, 10 in Canada, 10 in South America. And we continue to scale with about one to two new businesses being created every week. And so I'm very proud of the team that we have. That that whole period of time, which still goes on with people trying to rethink their lives and, you know, do they want to be in business? Do they want to continue to work for somebody? All um, right. Our customers fall into several buckets: existing businesses, startups, people who are just looking for something innovative, people in the arts business, photographers, painters, but people who are just looking for something innovative.
0: All right, wow! I mean, what a story and what a ride, especially through COVID. I mean, I can, I think we can all relate, I and mean, we will always be able to think back. What were you doing, you know, March of 2020? And uh, for you, having this huge investment, and now uh, these plans. And and to have the world shut down, I'm I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs were wondering. I, I know I was wondering and, and starting to make some uh, interesting backup plans if things were to not go the way that uh, we had hoped. But incredible at the same time to hear how you pressed in, especially during that time.
1: Well, the sad wonder... part, of course, is I couldn't qualify for any PPP money that was out there for <laughs> businesses because I was adding headcount, not laying anybody off. Um,
0: yeah, but, which is, but was... you know,
1: a little bit backwards, you know, but... <laughs> You know,
0: that's, that's, that's government for you, I guess, you know, I want to know in that, I mean, I'm sure there was plenty, you've actually already shared several, but I want to know if you can think back to that time early on that first year, maybe, what was a good decision that you made that you could clearly communicate to us where it's like, okay, we can take that away, maybe go implement that in our business.
1: Well, you know, first and foremost, and this is really not only to my current business, but really anything that anybody does. I don't care if you're creating a product, you're creating an app, you're, you're, you have a service or a product that you that you think has value and will resonate right. with people, and you can create a business around it. It has to be a solution to a problem. You can't you can't go trying to find a problem or create a problem and then have a product satisfy that. It right. has to be an existing problem that you see, or a gap in the market that you fit. So, you know, in the early going, you know, I, I had to look at. Well, how are people putting artwork on walls specifically today? You know, are they doing it with vinyl stickers? Are they doing it with professional painted paintings from artists? Are they just getting framed posters? You know, what are they, what are they putting on their walls? You know, for businesses, uh, is a restaurant putting its text menu because they're painting over stencil or something or they have somebody hand drawing on the, on the glass window of their, of their restaurant. What are they doing to put signage and artwork onto walls? So, So again, looking at what the options are, and then of course you have all the, the existing types of businesses in almost any field, whether it be plumbers or pest control or pizza places or chicken, you know, restaurants, you know, there's, there's dozens of, of similar ones. And if you, and ultimately if you could provide a product and develop the relationships that make you a trusted resource to somebody, you can have a business, you know, plain and simple. You, you, can, you can create something that people will want and trust you to deliver. And so that was, you know, the, the pain point, of course, was creating, creating a market where one didn't exist for this particular one. You know, if you're going to open up a food service market, you know, you, and you see hamburger places and pizza places and chicken places, you know, you kind of know there's already a market for this. We really had no idea there was a market for this, except for right. looking at what the alternatives are for what people to do. Right. And for me, it seemed like people do look for choices. And so, you know, the, the one hurdle that I, I knew I had to make was, will people accept the fact that this is another way to put art on walls and have somebody come to their home or business, or school, or medical office, or event, and actually print on the wall. Now, of course, our wall painting machines can print on canvas, or paper, or metal, tiles, or whatever, and many of our customers will do just that. They'll take the machines, and just print on something, and deliver that to somebody else, sure. um, and they've done, make good livings doing just that, but yeah. ideally, these are machines that should actually travel to the site and print directly to the wall whether it be indoors or outdoors. So yeah. so again back to your you know your question that you know the hurdle was was just <clears throat> trying to identify you know the the people who this would resonate with.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think even you can okay, so dwindling it all the way down to a super easy business like plumbing like you said. Okay, well so there's people out there today that have plumbing In their houses, and eventually they're going to need a repair or something done or a new water heater or whatever the need is. But I think your point in all of that is no matter the simplicity of something that already quote unquote exists or something that was brand new for you, if you can identify what the need is, then you can then you can press into speaking to that person directly. And whether you're a plumber or whether you're a
1: wall art guy. Absolutely. And and again to that point what i say to the people who are looking at this as a potential business for themselves and looking to purchase a wall or floor printing machine because we also have a floor printing machine that prints on floors and can put artwork like logos on foyers and offices or whatever or yeah. homes but but when they're when they're looking at this one of the things i always i always mention is there's no lacking walls so you know there's there's plenty of walls out there indoors outdoors whatever so it's not a question of finding customers who want to put something on their walls. It's just a question of articulating the fact that this is a solution to putting something on a wall and one that may, may be desirable.
0: Yeah, that's good good perspective. And it's also interesting too, because you're not just, you particularly are in the business of selling the wall art, but you're teaching them how to sell the wall art. Obviously you're selling the machine, but it, it all has to go into one. It's like my franchise is the corporate headquarters can't not sell fruit baskets even though we're the ones producing them at the franchise level and, and pushing them out. Yeah. I'm gonna, i I want to flip the coin on you, Paul. And I want you to tell me about a, a bad decision, something that didn't go well <laughs> and maybe you learn from it, but what can, what can we learn from, from what your mistake?
1: Well, bad decisions are, I, I've been very fortunate that I've had good partnerships and good relationships with people. And I think ultimately, that's what not only life, but business is all about, is in the relationships that you build and form. Every once in a while, an opportunity will come up and you'll have a, a gap in your own personal, either skill sets, finances, um, resources that warrant bringing in somebody and and not doing uh, either the right homework on the people or the environment or the market. That could create a negative experience, whether it be in the actual running or foundation of a business or the potential success of a business. The worst decision I ever made, I think in business was after 12 years of success in a restaurant in New York, I had a very successful restaurant that I built with a partner who became a best friend or maybe was a best friend, then became a partner. I forget which way these things go often, but we had a very successful restaurant in New York and he was a restaurant guy. I was kind of the back office guy. Um, sure. And and so even though I get into things with a passion, and so I learned how to cook and 10 bar and wash dishes and everything else, because I never want people to know something I don't know, um, right. even though that may not be my day job. But still, I love the business. We did very well. It grew, but I got to the point that he was really running it and should have been running it. And so I was looking for something else to do. And so, and and basically I enjoyed playing tennis and my parents moved to Florida. So I, from New York and I followed them and and decided to move to Florida and play tennis all the time. And this was when I was in my thirties and that was one of my first retirement phases. But then I said, well, what am I going to do now that I'm here besides play tennis? So i said my most successful experience up to that point was this restaurant. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and establish another restaurant copying my success from New York. Well, nothing could have been further from the truth. I didn't research the market very well. What I made in 12 years in New York, I lost in one year in Florida. And that was a combination of not only bad market research, but also bad partnerships that I formed down there that knew of my restaurant in New York Kind of invested with me, but had another agenda that I was not aware of, that failure was actually an option that they liked, as opposed to something that I didn't. And I'm not going to go into the explanation of finances yeah, that these yeah. people had in mind. But nevertheless, it, it, was, a, it was a loss for me, um, not for the partnerships, but uh, nevertheless, it was a bad experience. And that was probably the worst decision I ever made, was to just just look at the success of one thing and think it could easily translate somewhere yeah. else. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case at all.
0: Yeah, no that's so good. There's a lot of times I think where we 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 build up a little arrogance, a little little ego and we get ahead of ourselves, but uh, true to any um you know laws of nature if you will, we get we get quickly humbled in those moments and we get brought back to reality.
1: Yeah, that's the truth. And again, I, I, when, when people ask me, you know, the same question you just did, Chaz, you know, what was maybe, you know, a bad decision or a bad experience, you know, I, I don't really even look at that as, as a failure. I never use that word. I look at it as a learning experience. And, and basically, you know, you take away from, from anything, positive or negative results, and see how you can build upon that and learn from it. I mean, that's that's the only thing that makes sense. You know, the old saying, it's not how many times you fall down, it's how many you get up. And so, you know, you have to move forward. I don't think there's any alternative. One of the things I think I'm very good at, which I actually like, and other people kind of comment that about me is that I I don't dwell, whether success or failure. I don't look back when I've made the decision to move on. I do just that. And I put everything that I have commitment wise, emotion, finance, passion, whatever, into whatever I see now is my next step. And the only thing I look back on are those learning experiences that hopefully will be integrated into a better experience moving forward.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that you're, I, we all know these things, but to hear somebody with your experience say them, it's like, okay, this is good. This is this is good for me to have some some poise along the way. I want to I want to switch over to our speed round. My first question to you in our speed round is about tracking. Lots of things to track in a business, especially a brand new international, you know, technology business. But if you could only pick one thing to track, what would you track?
1: Customer acquisition. You know, I mean, we use social media for the most part besides our website and the SEO that goes along with that. But the analytics that you that you track in terms of who's who's responding to our our promotion, our videos, our postings, you know, so that we can we can move closer to who the highest value customer might be for us. Yeah. And that's yeah. the most important thing for us to track.
0: Yeah, and and obviously there's layers and layers in that. But my guess would be, and maybe you can just confirm, <clears throat> especially with a new product or maybe like a new it's not a it, new product, not a new lane. People are putting things on their walls to your point. You just had to basically find the people who would agree that this was a good solution. And so that's taken time. It's taken research. It's taken testing. It's taken a lot of money. Would you add anything to that or or the person listening right now, basically I'm trying to give them the solution of, okay, so if if they're going to do what you've done, does it take anything else uh, outside of those things?
1: Well, it, it takes risk tolerance. You know, when you're dealing with something new specifically like the wall printer, you know, it takes somebody to raise their hand and, and here's something else I say to people. Let's say you were a prospect who saw one of our ads on Facebook or YouTube or or, or Instagram or something, and you contacted us and you want to learn more about it. We get 150 inquiries every day and through through the good work that my team is doing, 140 of those 150 see that it's not your $100 desktop printer that they're asking about, and they quickly disappear when they find out it's a $30,000 machine. Now, to that point, though, a sub subset of those 140 say not interested in this as a business or an investment, but hey, I've got a wall, I'd like something printed on. So we take that and we put that into our CRM, our database, so that when we do have a wall printing business established in an area, we pass those inquiries on to them. But 10 out of those 150 are people who aren't scared off by the cost and want to learn more. And then when we speak to about 50 to 75 of those people, one will become a customer. And so, you know, going through that due diligence process on their end and learning, you know, is this the right business for me? Is this the right investment? But one of the things I say to them, let's put that hat on you that you are somebody who just inquired. I say, look, here you are in Kansas City, Missouri. And, and I apologize if I never pronounced Missouri correctly. <laughs> Sounds um, right. But
0: over but, here, they say Missouri, but, Missouri, but you're, okay. you're saying
1: it right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. And so, so you know, I, I say, you know, the good news is you're going to be the first one in Kansas City to be a wall printer. The bad news is, you're going to be the first one in Kansas City to be a wall printer. You have to introduce this to your market. You have to tell people what it is and what the value is. And so these are the hurdles that our customers need to overcome or be willing to be passionate about, like I was, to introduce this to people. I'm introducing the business opportunity. They're introducing the service of putting art on walls. Right. And so either either way, it's, it's a new way to do something. And, yep. and that has to be communicated and people have to embrace that. And, and understand that and go through those normal aspects of business, which is to communicate what it is you have, what is it going to do for your customer, and where is the value in it?
0: Yeah, 100%. I love that. Okay. What book would you recommend after all these years of business for a small, maybe business owner that hasn't hit the seven-figure mark yet?
1: <laughs> so I'm not an avid reader anymore. Those days were passed in college. People are throwing, and I've got a bookshelf behind me that has lots of books about growth and business and scale. And, and I'm not going to say there's not value, There it is. For me though, I can answer that question very easily. The most important book I've ever read as it relates to my personal and business path has been everything I ever needed to know I learned in kindergarten. It's a small book, but it teaches you the important things in relationships, playing nice with others, doing good, giving back, taking a nap every day. You know, just uh, just do unto others as others would do unto you. It's, that's a basic tenet of the book. Everything I ever needed to know I learned in kindergarten. It, it's, it has carried me the ups and the downs. Because, and ultimately because of the relationships I've been fortunate enough to build, I have relationships that date back the full 71 years of my life. There's one gentleman Mm -hmm. I talk with every day and have 71 years that we grew up together. And then I've got another core group for my college days of about eight couples. And we get together every now and either two, four at a time or all 10 of us at a time. And, and these are the relationships that have carried me through low points, high points, need of finances, giving other people help when they need it whether it be emotional or financial and so it's the core of it is all about relationships and the way you treat people and if you can if you can do that and sleep well at night and again as far as a book goes you know I, I, I'm not really into the, the how to's um, yeah I, I'm more I'm more of just do it
0: yeah I love it I mean we'll put that <clears throat> that in the show notes for the listener but yeah you're right a lot of simple concepts a lot of things that are timeless a lot of things of just the laws of of success and and we realize when we read books like that we're like oh yeah i did learn that in kindergarten or whatever the the point is being made but it's we just forget or we we forget to weave them in and out of the the daily that we're we're going through whether that be in business or like you said your personal life as a as a husband or as a parent or as a business partner whatever it is what do you think about intentionally, we talked about a lot about relationships, but what do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other business owners?
1: So I, I'm, a, I'm in favor of that. I probably, and I do quite a bit. As I mentioned earlier, I do give back. I sit on the advisory board of, of the university here, which is part of the University of North Carolina system here in Wilmington. And I sit on the advisory board of the Cameron School of Business and their School of Entrepreneurship. And yeah. they have a Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship that embraces the community as well as the school in terms of offering services of people who have experience in different areas. It might be financial, it might be legal, it might be marketing, it might be sales, those last two being the hats I wear best. But it, it, it invites people to come in. It does a lot of the kind of startup culture, you know, how-to sessions and events that that people look to explore when they're thinking of a business or creating an idea or a product or a service and want to know how to go from A to Z or even A to B and uh, just how to get going. And so I I enjoy that. Number one, it keeps me very fresh by hearing other people's creative ideas and allowing me the opportunity to share my experience. and, And if it helps them along the way, or just makes a connection for them because, after 70 years, you get to know a lot of people. And so, you know, if somebody needs some help with a patent, I know a patent lawyer. If they need some help with with building a website, I know somebody who does that. You know, what's the right. expression? We've got an app for that. I've got I've <laughs> used I, us, I usually have people for almost anything. And so, yeah. you know, so I, I like giving back. I, I think networking to the point of your question, you know, is is critical to success. Nobody is an island. There are going right. to be other other resources that you need, or even and and most people myself included, don't know what they don't know. So it's nice to be in situations and put yourself in situations where you network with people, whether it be a, something at a local bar, whether it be a meetup, you know, that people, I know a lot of things shut down through the couple of years of COVID where people weren't going out to actually be around and everything went to this Zoom environment. But even right. that is, is very useful and very powerful to connect people and connect ideas. Yeah. And so people should do that. I make myself available through LinkedIn. And this is not an advertisement for LinkedIn, or maybe it is, but link, LinkedIn, it, I, I see it as a professional network uh, yeah. that if people use it in that way, and not like a Facebook or an Instagram, but use it to actually make connections and look for assistance where they need it, it could be a very useful tool. So I'm I'm out there. If yeah. anybody wanted to learn more about me beyond this conversation or wanted to connect with me. I invite that just, you know, a quick search for Paul Barron. I'm sure yeah. you'll find that. Yeah, we'll put
0: uh, your your uh, profile in the show notes as well. So that way they can easily connect with you. Yeah. Paul, I got one last question here for you. Super curious about your your answer. <clears throat> if you had a chance to whisper in the younger Paul's ear,
1: what would you say? If you love what you're doing, just go for it. That's it. You know, no, no words of caution, no think twice about doing this kind of thing. You know, if it was my father whispering in my ear, you know, he'd have he'd have said, What are you crazy? Go right. into the Navy, you know, <laughs> be a school teacher, which I was for the first three years of my career after college, you know, stick yeah. with pub stick with the civil service or something that'll give you a nice secure path and a pension, possibly. Um, right. we've learned over the years that there is no thing, there is no security. So, yeah. so that's why I say, do what you love doing, live where you want to live and do what you love to do. You know, again, I, I look, you know, old sayings or trite phrases, which they might very well be, but I, I find a lot of truth in, you know, if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And yeah, I've always I felt agree. that way, you know, not everything is a success, but I've made my own bed and I've got to sleep in it. And, and more often than not, I sleep very well. Yeah,
0: no, that's good. Great perspective. Words of wisdom for sure. Other than LinkedIn, do you, would you like to share your website? Would you like to share some information if someone's interested in in buying the printer they want to get some wall art? How can they find you?
1: Yeah, this, this was, was not going to be a sales pitch, but by all means, if anybody wants to learn more about what I'm doing, and even if not for them doing this, but just for seeing what the opportunities and possibilities are for something brand new, it's a really cool machine, 15 okay. seconds on a website the wall that's the wall 15 seconds on the website and watching the video tells you everything you need to know about what the machines are and what they uh, what they do but certainly there is a contact page if you actually want to learn more about it and talk to us about this go that route if you want to just talk to me go the linkedin route
0: that's great well paul you've been absolutely sensational thank you for your just years of commitment to you your family your dreams and, and of course, sharing, you know, with us, I think that it's just incredible that someone of your caliber would take a, take a little bit of time and share. And
1: you're teasing me now and that's but, but thank yes. you. I, I enjoy talking to you. And if anybody got anything out of this, then, then, then kudos we're, we're, to them and to you. We've done well. our
0: job. That's right. Exactly. Well, Paul, blessings to you, your family, and of course, uh, the wall printer as a business. We just appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to GatheringTheKings.com. That's GatheringTheKings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group.